Heidelberg win it late at Avondale to put them in the NPL box seat. We have our best kit bag segment ever. Brand talks about the HMAS Alabama, and we preview a very tasty final round of NPL football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 28 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 28 of the Semi-Pro Potty. We are coming to you live from... Do we tell them which bedroom we're in, or do we leave it as a mystery to the guests? No, we can. Uh, We are coming live to you from Branson's bedroom for the 28th time this season. I am your host this week and every week, William Chambers. Join to me on my right, my best mate, Branson Gibson. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, thank you, Will. Very well indeed, because we have another fantastic, amazing, incredible, full-on round of NPL action to talk about, mate. We do. Do we want to have a little bit of a cheers as well? I mean, a cheers to an excellent round of football. Yeah, I was going to say two two cans cheersing don't necessarily make the most satisfying noise in the world. No, they don't. I didn't really think that through. No, nah, but it's the thought that counts, right? Same as Christmas presents. Now, so do you know what... of a cheers was there, so... Yeah, and do you know what we did think through this week? What? Kit bag segment. Oh, kit bag is on point! I think this is one of the strongest kit bag segments we've done. Absolutely. Um, Without a doubt. I'm are you done online shopping, mate? I'm not online shopping. Are you sure? Yes. Because it looks like you are. No, I'm just trying to double check one thing that I'm going to mention in f- about 40 seconds. But okay. Kit bag is on point. Kit bag is on point. You go first because you're wearing a fantastic kit. I very much enjoy it. I'm intrigued as to how the kit bag votes are going to go this week because I think this in is going to any be a tough one. I think in any other given week, I probably could have actually got points this week. But I'm not going to... There's no way in hell I'm going to beat yours. But mine is the 2018-19, I believe. Yeah, 2018-19 yep. Lazio anniversary kit. Um, and it's just... What I love most about it is that it's, it's void of sponsors. It's yes. a Macron yes. kit. Um, it's got a collar. Yep. It's got a full across the chest... Like, it's the eagle logo of Lazio, and it's just... I mean, it's an absolutely lovely kit. It's got the Serie A badges on it. Yeah. Which I'm not normally a fan of, like, badges on kits, but... No, I like it. I like it. I think it's good. And I've got Immobile on the back, who is... It's a kind of a funny name for a very upwardly mobile footballer. (laughs) You know? Very ironic, yes. Um, So, really happy with really happy with this in general i think it's a great kit it's like blue we all like blue kits yep. i feel yep um so that's that's my kit I'm, I'm really happy with it no very nice i like the eagle and i think it's what it's a, a, it's a like an anniversary no yeah i think it's like an anniversary kit yeah, so like a modern replica of a kit they wore i think yeah. in like the 80s or something yeah but it's bloody good bloody good probably probably my not new favorite kit i think the matilda's one is still up there Yep. But it's it's definitely cracking the top five, this yeah, one. absolutely. Now, there's an elephant in the room. Yes. Or maybe a flamingo in the there room. There is, yes, absolutely. Because you're wearing something that is, I would say, maybe the only kit of this club in the inner northern <laughs> suburbs of Melbourne currently. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, it's a pretty good one, I will say. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Glad I got it. I would probably say it is arguably the best kit ever. 
arguably the best kit ever. It's bloody good. So it is the third kit for Forward Madison FC, who are a USL 1, so a US third tier soccer team playing out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, nicknamed the Flamingos, and their kit, it's just a fantastic bright pink, and then it's sort of got like black Not and... tessellating shapes, but there is a pattern to it. Yeah, I don't know, just... it's sort of like peaks and troughs, almost looks like mountains, black and like a lighter shade of so pink. There's, yeah, there's actually two patterns to it. Um, one of them is like a really art deco, sort of kitsch kind of 70s, like Tupperware kind of pattern to it. And then there's one overlaying it, which is like even a little bit more intricate. It's really interesting. I love it. It's um, so good. The sponsor is out of this world. Dairyland. Dairyland. I don't Classic. know what Dairyland is. Like, is it like Disneyland but for cows? I don't know. Or is it just like a milk well, company? Well, talking about <laughs> cows, so Wisconsin is a very uh, milk-heavy state. They have a. They have a. I've fucking oh, never dude. heard of a region of the world described as milk-heavy, but go on. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a terrible description. Um... Uh, they have a mascot, which is a cow, and what's her name? Her, her name is Lionel... Surely Bessie. Lionel Bessie? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Lionel Bessie, the cow, Ford Madison's mascot, which is sort of great because their mascot is a cow, but they're they call flamingos. The flamingos. But it's oh. a great kit. We're both wearing great kits. Fuck, Lionel Bessie. Yeah, fantastic name. Oh, that so good. gives me strength. That is so good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, obviously go on Twitter and Instagram and check out the kits because it's it's easily one of the best weeks of kit bags we've had. Yeah, for sure. Very um, strong showing by both of us. Yeah, really happy with that. Um, but not the only strong showing that we've got. Really big weekend of football. Now, we've Huge. got our run sheet. I'm not sure of the order of it, mate, because well, you've put... Paco Oakley up top. Well, we've got it. We've got it in at the moment in the order the games were played. So let's oh. do let's do a little bit a little bit of mixing there because we'll talk about the big one. The big one, yeah, hundred percent. Avondale Heidelberg. We were both there on Saturday. Both went to this game, and it was so good for so many reasons. Yeah, I what think if- I I think I tweeted on the. Oh, I think it was even it was even the either the Saturday night or the Sunday day. Yep, and I was just like. This is what football is. It was the weather was perfect. Oh, absolutely! It was what it, it was, eighteen degrees. It was almost sunny. too hot. I was like in the sun, being like, "I'm going to get sunburned. This is heaven." Yeah. Um, a big crowd. I'd say Huge maybe crowd. a fifty-fifty split of Avondale and yeah. Heidelberg supporters. Yep. There was absolutely zero crowd trouble. No. It yep. was but really well behaved by everyone. Um, it, it, all of it just absolutely off the park. Pointed to it being a good game on the park. Yep. And we were absolutely not disappointed. Um, really, really good first 10 minutes for Avondale. Um, you know, I think we were talking about it in the ninth minute. I'm like, shoot, this is pretty good start by Avondale. And about a minute later, Yutay Towns, um, you know, capitalized from that good start. 1-0 lead to Avondale. And at that point, you started to feel like, oh, maybe this is happening. Maybe today is the day. And absolutely it started yep. to feel really good you know the the sun was shining metaphorically and actually yep. um but then heidelberg do exactly what they do well and they just i think 
worked their way into the game slowly. A little bit of a fortuitous first goal. I think it was chalked as an own goal. Yeah, it was. But well, it was sort of well, reported as Biles getting on. Anyway, well, ball's been played in from a free kick out wide. It's gone to the back post. Oldfield's not gotten near it. Yeah, well, he called it as well. Called out, went for the punch, completely missed it. Yeah, yeah. So he's missed it, and it's sort of fallen to the back post to a combination of Biles and, I think... I think it came off... Lundy. Lundy, yeah. It was Biles and Lundy at the back post. It came off off one of them. It came off one of them. And it gets bundled home. So it's not the sexiest goal ever scored, but it it equalises. And then a penalty... Was it late in the first half? Um, Yeah, 30-minute mark. Yeah, Yeah, so penalty sort of midway through the first half. Mid to late through the first half. Um, Tucked home by Zara. Really good penalty. Um, Really good game. And so Heidelberger 2-1 up. And you feel, if Avondale are going to win it, then they're going to earn it. They're really going to have to earn this one. And they come out of the break. Great goal by Germano. Awesome goal. Really good goal. goal. Um, so really, that really kind of shifted the tie, I think, back towards Avondale because it was such a good goal. Yep. There was time. They were playing positively. And obviously, in the context of the game, the draw suited Avondale more. Yes, yeah, so kept a- them on top. Yeah. yeah, Avondale drawing was a good score to have. Um, but... Obviously, Heidelberg do this thing where they just get gritty and they just, you know, sink into games and they don't stop trying. I think, actually, probably in the latter bit of the second half, they worked their way into it and the last-minute goal, the last two minutes, pretty much, sealed it for Heidelberg. Three points, that now takes them top. Yeah, top. Outright top. Yeah. Outright top. So, in terms of the context of the season, it is an absolutely huge result. So one game to go, Heidelberg now two points clear. The title is, they've got one hand on it, one hand on the trophy. I mean, this win was just huge. Yeah, it was. And it's we've seen it from Heidelberg, you know, reading through all the sort of match reports afterwards. I think someone showed us the, the finishes that, Heidelberg have had in the last like five seasons since the NPL has been in place. Yeah. Um, and it's just like they are always up the pointy end and they just get good results. They know how to be at the pointy end of the season and it was just a massive game. Yeah. Great celebration from the players and the crowd. It was heartbreaking for Avondale. I have to say, it was absolutely heartbreaking for Avondale because I think probably midway through that second half, it had an air of excitement to it that I'd not felt at an NPL game before. Yep. But obviously I'm not a seasoned veteran, so I don't know that Heidelberg are capable of this sort of stuff. And they, it just felt like it was going to be Avondale's game midway through that second half, but then it was ripped out from underneath them. And I think that really took the wind out of their sails. Well, the thing that I thought as well, so two things. So one, it was obviously the biggest game in Avondale's history. You know, on top all year... Stumbling towards the end, they have a chance here at home to beat, like, you know... A serious big, contender, well, their yeah. biggest rivals. Like, if you're going to win the title, you've got to beat your biggest challenger. And to be fair, I didn't think Avondale should have lost that. I, I did not think that Heidelberg should have won it. But fully to their credit, this is what they always do. They win games mm. that they shouldn't. I thought I thought Avondale played better. Uh, Germano, his goal... The long-range shot, curling it, curling it in. The key moment as well was Avondale, at that stage, it was 2-2. Fairly balanced for the rest of the second half, but the key moment 
was Stefan Valentini and Yusuf Ahmed. They had that one-on-one Yeah, and chance. they butchered it. Absolutely butchered it. So attacking down the left wing, they were in their own defensive half. Uh, Valentini sort of played a little pass to himself, and then he and Ahmed... Ran both, across each other's yeah, both, line, yeah, yeah. Both threw on goal, no Heidelberg defender between them, and yeah, sort of got in each other's way, which allowed the Heidelberg defender to come up. Valentini's still one-on-one with the keeper, though. But this is the problem is... Big the biggest problem with this as well is that Yusuf Ahmed doesn't... Um, want to be involved in play because he thinks he's offside. But if but he if he runs with support, the ball gets saved, but it bobbles back out to like the fifteen, like to the penalty area, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so if he had continued his run, he would have been there to tap at home. So it was a big miss. The well, other thing as well, I like I kind of disagree with you that Avondale deserved to win this because I think Heidelberg did exactly what they needed to do to win. They got a scrappy goal to get them back on level. They did everything they needed to take the lead. The first goal for Avondale was also contentious. So there's a bit where a free kick's given in midfield and the ball gets played a good 5 to 10 metres ahead of where the free kick is. I think Boland had it and played it on quickly. And the referee lets that one go. And I remember when he does that, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about that. If they score from this, this is going to feel a little bit dirty. And they did end up scoring. It was the play that Yutay Town scored from. So, you know, if we're sort of looking at the balance of play, I actually think Avondale were quite lucky not to get that goal chalked off yeah yeah um and heidelberg just they did absolutely if you look at the last 10 or so minutes it was more chances from heidelberg than it was from avondale yeah there's more sustained pressure i Mm. thought from heidelberg late on i thought avondale had the better of the chances uh i think ellis had a couple of free kicks oldfield did well to to tip them over or, or, or keep them out i just think when i say that avondale should have won the game Sort of a little bit hit and miss. I, I guess what I kind of meant was I thought that the attacking chances deserved a better result, a more positive result. Like, yeah, I'd say Avondale of the first half of the season would have would have maybe got four or five goals in this game based uh, yeah. on their chances. Yeah, well, I mean, and like if you, if you look at it on a whole, the goals that Heidelberg scored were a little bit scrappier. You mm-hmm. know, like not as not as pure as that last goal as well that Ellis scored came yeah. from absolutely nowhere and nothing it came from a corner. Well, I think it was a corner, that and got then it got cleared, cleared and, and then, then it came back in, yeah. around, and then the ball just kind of fell to him. And but we've seen this with Avondale, in particularly in the last few weeks, where they just give up goals and they give up crap goals. Yeah, goals know? that they weren't giving up well, in the first half of the Alex season. Alex Salmon, yeah. Green Gully, the goal against Oakley, this one as well. Yeah, like they've. They've butchered it. They've, they've butchered it. And full credit to Heidelberg, because we thought that they butchered it when they lost to Kingston. Yeah, totally. You know? And so for them to be able to keep the pressure on the whole time, and like we said, they've got one hand on the trophy now. I mean, they take on South Melbourne, a win there, and, and they're champions. That's yeah, it. very beatable and, South Melbourne too, let's be and, honest. And for Avondale, as you said, I mean, devastating for them, for a club that's been on top, so much to gain from winning the title yeah. in terms of respect and... In, in the NPL and sort of establishing themselves and, you know, second last week and, and they bottle it like that, you know? Yeah. It'll but, be an interesting one because obviously Heidelberg and South Melbourne have got a good rivalry there. Yep. And I I still... I think maybe we've got something miraculous up us. I think oh. there's going to be some drama last yeah. last week that may mean that um, Avondale can still win it. But yeah. look, at the end of the day, if Avondale don't win anything this season... I think they've still done really well. Yeah. well. And I think it's a good base for building upon. Yeah, well, I think there's, there's two things I want to talk about very quickly there. Uh, so, what was the first one? Oh, yeah, South Melbourne and Heidelberg. Stranger things have happened than South Melbourne beating Heidelberg. South mm. beat them earlier this year. So, Heidelberg, so they're two points clear. Avondale have superior goal difference. Mm-hmm. So, if Heidelberg 
draw, draw points. If yep. they draw and Avondale win, Avondale will still win the league. Yeah. So Heidelberg away at South Melbourne, bit of a pretty darn big rivalry there. I mm-hmm. mean, it'll it'll soon certainly be interesting. But for Avondale, though, I mean, they crashed out of the FFA Cup with a poor loss to the Knights. The Knights fully deserved to win that game, but Avondale again had the lead, blew it. Yeah. And now they've crashed out of the league race potentially. What's going to happen come finals time? They're, they're a serious. They're, they're a serious chance of having an excellent season and not having anything to show oh, they've for. Got, they're probably the least informed team going into the finals, but we can discuss that later on because we will get to the other yep. sort of games. Um, look, let's also jump now. Let's jump back up. Um, let's get the Paco Vale Oakley game out of the out of the way because Oakley are the form team of the competition. Yep, but you know they probably didn't have it all their way in this game. I expected a pretty like, clean 3-0 win here for Oakley, but it wasn't all to script. No, no, not all to script. They did get the result in the end, a 2-1 victory over Pascovale. I mean, this game was still very interesting. Pascovale on the bottom had to win Oakley, as he said, in form. I think the win now extends their unbeaten run to, I to think, like 15 nine games. seasons, yeah. 15 games, they've lost count. Uh, to be fair, though, the first half, pretty dull, not a ton of chances. Harry White's penalty gave Oakley the lead. Uh, 1-0 at half time an absolute calamity at the back gave Pascovale a sniff though it was sort of just when you think of terrible goals to give up it was sort of like you know classic comedic stuff at the back uh, Paco they just sort of played a long nothing ball forward down the flank there was an Oakley defender there he had all the time in the world went to play it back to a uh, Back to the keeper, Honos. Uh, the pass was absolutely terrible. Sold him well short. <laughs> it was like, quite like, funny. Like, it's one of those ones where you see it play out and you just say, I feel so sorry oh, for you. Well, Honos is like, <laughs> you know, 10 or 15 metres away and the pass goes about 2 metres. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely no. Uh, a Paco player, I don't know who, uh, picks it up, crosses it to Bertabao Madrid, who's just teed up perfectly in front of now, from the penalty spot, wide open, it taps it home. Thought from there, you know, well, here we go. Paco needs some luck to go their way. I mean, you can't get much more lucky than that. Uh, but it wasn't to be, really. I mean, after that, Oakley, they, they came within, you know, inches of equalising, not equalising, sorry, retaking the lead only a minute later. A point for Paco. I mean, it still would have been handy. Couldn't hang on in the end. Goran Zoric blasted a superb strike home from cracker. Out. From outside the box, late, I think it was like the 88th minute, uh, turned out to be a key goal for Oakley, netted the result, and it's a key win in the end. It keeps them in the race to, to host a finish, uh, host a finish, host a, host a finish, host a finish, host a <laughs> final. They can still finish as high as third. I think they sit fifth at the moment, but they're only two points behind Green Gully in third spot. So still plenty to play for. For Oakley there, but on the flip side, things are looking pretty darn grim for Paco, though. Bottom of the ladder, one game to play. They have to win next week, but even if they do get that result, they still need res- they still need yeah. other results to go their way. So, I mean... And context of that is we're also watching the Kingston City Dandy City game live at the yes, moment. Yep. And Kingston City, the other team anchored to the bottom of the table, is... Um, Kind of holding their own. They just had a good chance on the break, but they are down a mat. Yeah. They got a man sent off in the sixth minute. Yeah, huge game at home. And it's a pretty, for mine, it's a pretty arsy decision. 
Um, it's a one-on-one, and there is contact, but I don't think it's enough to bring the player down, or the player's already falling. Well, well it's, a challenge. And... it's a challenge from behind. Not even necessarily convinced it's a free kick, you know? Mate? The referee yeah. probably had a better angle. The referees, what, what the referee has done is made a very good call, and you're right, it's a challenge from behind, and it's a defender on a player who is running in on goal. Yeah. And so, like, when you boil it down to that binary sort of... Um, I guess description of it. Then, yeah, it probably yeah. is a red card. Yeah. Well, the referee would probably say that he's got no choice. Yeah, just send him off. It's yeah. like, but I mean, we all have a choice. We all have a choice, and we all have a choice. Well, but it's like if you if you if you're rewarding the free kick, then it's like you know, it's kind of got to be red. Can you scroll, or is this my? Oh yeah, no, I can yeah. scroll too. Um, look, sorry everyone, you technical issues here. And by technical issues, I mean I can't figure out a mouse. Yes, very. Uh, um, but what we're going to do is we're going to jump onto the next game, which was an absolute. Goal fest. Six goals to Green Gully. Beat the two goals of Dandenong Thunder. Branson, you had a look at this one. Don't talk us through each of the eight goals, because we'll no, be here all night. Yep. But go on and just give us the, I guess, rundown of this. Because obviously a four-goal win to Green Gully is convincing, but also Dandy Thunder scoring two goals. Not bad, but, you yeah, know, well, story of our year, Dandy Thunder ship goals. Well, exactly, exactly. So, like, you know, the past few weeks, they've been a little bit better when it comes to conceding uh, fewer goals, but they've now returned to their vintage goal Conceding form, uh, Fletcher and Kalmar both scored for Gully in the first half with a goal from Beravoskos. Yeah, yeah, practice. Beravosko. I did practice beforehand and then went to say, and went, nah, this is absolutely terrible. But he scored for Dandy in between 2-1 at halftime. Probably an accurate reflection of the first half, I thought. Gully were creating more of the chances. They Mm -hmm. looked the better of the teams. Dandy, Thunder sort of seemed like they were... They were holding on a little bit, but I mean, once the second half started, their holding on just went out, out the window. Out the window completely. Gully just put them to the sword. Fletcher scored again, his second. Uh, there was an own goal. Kamara found the back of the net, oh, and uh, and Boona scored a ripper free kick. Yeah, right I did see the, that. It was a great goal right at the end as well. Uh, the I also own- have got to say, you know how we did that? Um, what a name segment. I yep. think Boonus is a great name. Again, I think it is too. I'm also not convinced I'm <laughs> pronouncing that right. I, okay. I, I think so. Yeah. But, I mean, things that we keep on file... Of uh, us not being able to pronounce yeah. names. Uh, the other thing that was quite amazing, though, was the own goal. So, Nick Kalmar set it up. Uh, there was a ball played to him out wide, like a long pass. He took a touch, took three touches. So, his first touch kept it in the air. His second touch set it up. And his third touch whipped the ball in. He just sort of smashed it in. And it deflected in off a Dandenong defender and... You just sort of look at it, you go, that was actually a little bit good for him to, well, one, control that initial pass and set himself up and then whip in a, a dangerous ball. All it was a ball really dangerous down. ball. Yeah, yeah, it was really so, good. So, there you go. That was, that was a bit good. Uh, Barnes. Uh, it's one of those ones where I feel like I like to think of those kind of own goals that are really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And people actually put them on their highlights reel. Yep. Because, like, no one knows who they're playing because the highlights reel, each goal is on there for about six seconds. And so it's just a nice looking finish. It's a good bit of footwork. Yeah, well, you just so he was the... like, "Yeah, I was just up up front, you know, just hanging deep." Well, you Great. just see the ball go over to him. You go, "Oh, he's controlled that well." You go, "Oh, he's whipped it. Oh, it's in the back of the net." Yeah, yeah wow, there you go. <laughs> Great finish. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Brandon Barnes, though, for Danny Nong, he's got a cracker of his own. Just a nice. He little... does that quite a bit. Very yeah, good. Very just, good. Just you know, dribbling in towards the middle of the box, curling shot, beat the keeper. Superb stuff. Uh, 
maybe some slight consolation there, but Thunder, I mean, just outmatched, really. They just just got burnt, couldn't keep up. Uh, they still hold the relegation playoff spot, of course, pending the Kingston result because their goal difference is absolutely going to be a problem. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So if Kingston salvage a draw against Dandy City, uh, they will jump ahead of the Thunder. The win for Green Gully, though, moves them up to third. They're a, a very good chance of hosting a final here uh, and a superb result to have ahead of those finals. Six goals and they managed just a cool... Um, 20 shots, so it really was quite a dominant dominant display from Green Gully. Yeah, it was, and it's an interesting one because Green Gully are kind of going into the finals with, I think, a little bit of form. You know, they've, they've, it form's been a hard one for them to get around the season. They kind of, they have good performances dotted here and there, but they kind of, at times, um, don't string enough wins together. Well... They're undefeated in their last five. They've won yeah. four of their last five. And I think on paper, they're a very, very strong side. Yes. Uh, well, I, well, I'm just trying to think back. I can't remember the last game they lost, actually. Uh, I think but that's was... what I mean. They're carrying a lot of form in. And one team that's not carrying a lot of form in is, the, um, is uh, Bentley Greens, who took on Port oh, Melbourne on the weekend. Sinking like a stone at the moment. Yeah, and it's just one of those ones where you... I think maybe, what, 10 weeks ago, we would have looked at Bentley Greens versus Port Melbourne. It was kind of when we had the sort of storyline, I think, of Port Melbourne. Maybe they can make the finals, maybe they can't. They've got some promise there, but they never really get um, consistent results. And, you know, I'd say this is probably we've figured out what Port Melbourne are capable of, I and mean, it's not finals football. Bentley Greens, though, they're, you know, locked in in a fourth final spot there, but they drew 1-1. And it was a pretty lacklustre sort of performance for them. They went behind early. Michael Eager put Port Melbourne ahead. Um, and there were just good chances mostly to Port in the first half. I think they definitely deserved their halftime lead. Um, Bentley, when they did start to get going, actually, I think they had some... Um, their goal from uh, Lambatarides was probably the product of the best bit of play from the game, which was good, crisp, one-touch football out of midfield... Um, midfield and forward line linking up really nicely. Tidy finish. It was sort of curled past um, Port Melbourne goalkeeper, whose name escapes me. Um, but that would be it on the scorecard. But despite Bentley starting the first half well, um, it was Port Melbourne for the end of the game. They had three to four good good chances. And you could kind of tell that Bentley weren't up for it because... They were giving away really cynical fouls. They were sort of getting a bit narky behind play, pushing players over, getting cards. I was pretty surprised that there wasn't a red card for Bentley Greens in this game, um, just because of some of the... I, like, it's kind of the term being thrown around at the moment of shithousery, but they kind of really were sort of trying... They, they were kind of beaten on the park, and so they were using, like, kind of shithouse tactics in order to um, in order to kind of stifle what was a quite good Port Melbourne in the second half. Um, but, yeah, look, there were cards aplenty in the second half. No one got sent off, which I was quite surprised by, but a point for Port, it doesn't really matter for them because they're out of the finals yep. position. But Bentley Green, still in fourth, obviously not stressed. You know, they're not stressing about this, but it's just the fact that they have... They're just kind of now dropping back. Oakley can now finish above them. 
That's the big one that can happen. Oakley can finish fourth off well, the back of this. Well, I reckon Bentley should be stressing because they were third. Green Gully have now overtaken them. And just quickly back on Green Gully, they're actually undefeated in their last 11 games. Jesus Christ, they are on form. Yeah, so they've, they've drawn quite a few in that run, but they've drawn to Heidelberg, drawn to Bentley. Yeah. They, they beat Avondale. So then, you know, like that's still pretty darn good. And they've won four of their last five. But mm. for Bentley... I, I, I don't know what their form is off the top of my head. I wish I had a had a, had a bit of a better look. No, that's all right. Look, it's, I mean, it's, it's 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 not great, and I think that they should be concerned coming into the finals well, because he five made... five rounds ago they were on forty forty one points. Yep. and in second. Yep. and now that we're up to I think what round twenty five is it twenty six rounds and we're the round before. Yeah, so they haven't. They're won... now on forty four points. Well, they haven't five won... games played, so that's three points in five games. Well, they haven't won any of their last five. They've only won one of their last eight. Yeah, so that's genuinely terrible. I think when it comes to the finals, I mean, I don't know. You'd still kind of think they're certainly dangerous. Matt Thurtell is always a presence. Up front, but I just I don't know. I mean, yeah. if if I had to play Bentley in the finals, if I was a team that was facing off against Bentley, I'd go, yeah, we can roll them. The biggest the biggest win here for I'm thinking of from you know a finals perspective is there are form teams and there are not in form teams. Yep. If Avondale meet Bentley, oh, oh my god, that's a sigh would, of relief. Who would want to win that? Yeah, but it's a sigh of relief for Avondale and Bentley because they'd just be like, oh, like, we could actually probably scrape through to the next round here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, if if Bentley meet Oakley it's like yep cool good night sweetheart that's done you'd think so Um, based on form it'll be I mean maybe Bentley can salvage something from this year I mean you you still wouldn't rule them out entirely and anything can happen in the finals Bentley were on the receiving end of a miraculous event in the uh, semi-finals last year so I mean We'll see how it goes. There's still, there's final still a dangerous, time play out and still a dangerous team. So the last final position that's locked down, this game kind of doesn't really mean much in terms of the table, but you know, it does kind of mean stuff on the park because it's kind of the Doherty Cup rematch, only like a week after the Doherty Cup. Yeah, so Melbourne Knights won, Hume City two, uh Hume City away to Melbourne Knights, and I just really thought that Knights would be up for a little bit of revenge, but in keeping with their season, a little bit upsetting, but look, they're just stinking up the tail end of their season. They're winless in their last five games, I think, both in the league and the FFA Cup. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, even before those five games, we've not really inspired too much because they we were sort of like they're just focusing all their eggs in the FFA Cup and Doherty Cup basket. Well, they and they lost both. So it's just, it's, it's kind of, it, it's a petering out season for them. Well, it's been up and down. Yeah, uh, I think it's been down more often than not. I'm pretty harsh on Melbourne Knights purely because I really want them to be on that set, that national second division stage in four or five years' time when it yeah. gets launched. Um, but Melbourne Knights are two-one lost to Hume City. Um, Hume, it's a good sort of early sort of performance from them. They took the lead early on. Knights quickly equalised. I think it was the goals were in like the fourth and the eighth minute. So within ten minutes, we got some really really good sort of bang for our buck, as I would like to call it. Um, I'm not sure if the equaliser had bad goalkeeping or not. So Weir's normally a goalkeeper that we kind of big up pretty well, but 
he just kind of half comes off his line and gets nowhere near the ball, and then it's kind of an easy side foot past him because he's just in no man's land. So that was kind of a, an interesting one from Weir. I don't normally see that from him. Um, I think Dixon scored in the midway through the second half. Daniel Dixon for Hume City. That would be proved to be the winner. Um, and that was all three points for Hume. It was pretty horrid weather. Um, you know, I think it was the the rainy day, and it was just a little bit grim. But, you know, it's probably what we should have expected. Three points to Hume out of this is not a big surprise. Hume are sitting in sixth. They're not going to miss out on finals football. Finals is locked down for everyone. Knights are sort of in that limbo. They're not near relegation zone. They're just not challenging for finals. Um, it was, it's probably a game that, you know, you just sort of look to play out. And maybe that's why Knights probably didn't push for a win there because they've just, they've got not much to play for at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're playing for pride. And I think what you hinted at, you know, trying to get that Doherty Cup revenge, yeah. you know, might have, might have been a factor. I mean, and just because you want to win a game doesn't necessarily mean that you will win a game as well. So even no. if they wanted it... Anyone who watched me playing high school football will know that. <laughs> yes. Well, the other thing, just quickly on the Knights as well, we were talking about them in the FFA Cup and the Doherty Cup. I think last week we made a mistake when we said how many trophies they'd won. Uh, was Knights or Hume? Knights. So it was definitely Hume's first trophy, their first Doherty Cup, but I believe the, it was pointed out to us on Twitter that the Knights have actually won the Doherty Cup Nine. Do we times. say seven? I feel like I said seven. Can't remember to be honest how many yeah. we said, but it wasn't nine, and they have won it nine times. So just a yeah. quick apology, and because I mean we we are sticklers for telling the truth. Yes, we like to think we're accurate. Yeah. Um. So we m- messed up on that one, but the Knights. I'm with you. I really like them, and I want to yeah. like them, and I think it's just I think they've had a hit and miss year. I think they. I think they've definitely had some hits, and they've definitely had some big wins, some big results, and some big moments. Mostly just, against Avondale. Yes, well, yes, yes. <laughs> Avondale yes, yes. and South Melbourne, they've had big moments yes. against their, yep. their big yep. kind of rivals. And, yep. and the FFA Cup, so I think that, ah, yeah, they just weren't quite consistent enough in the league, you know, losses to Kingston. I just don't, yeah, I don't just, think I don't think you can um, play poorly in the league and it's a good preparation for Cups. You yeah. know, like... You, there are some some circumstances that I think break away from that, but realistically, like you've got to, you've got to go um, to, you've kind of got to play good football so that when you know that you need to turn it on, you've kind of got that rhythm, you've got that consistency. Yeah, well, and the other thing for the Knights is, so like you know, we said they've had a bit of a hit and miss season. They're in that middle pack, and everyone in that middle pack's had a hit and miss year. Yeah. South Melbourne, Port Melbourne. The Knights, Altona, you know, they're all kind of in there where they could have done better, they could have done worse. Yeah. They'd look at a whole bunch of games and go, oh, geez, we could have, should have won that. And, yeah. you know, you get those results and we'd finish wherever on the table. But, yeah. yeah, and there were two teams in that group that you sort of mentioned. They sort of played out a very similar game to the Knights, Hume one in terms of there wasn't really much to play for, but it was South Melbourne one Altona, Sorry, South Melbourne two, South Melbourne two Altona yep. nil. Yes, correct. So and I put the wrong result in the run sheet. Well done, Ramson. Yeah, uh, my apologies. I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's incorrect. South Melbourne 2, Altona nil. Beg your pardon, Will. Um, so, it was, you know, it, ultimately it's at the point of the season where it doesn't matter. But it, it, it does. I mean, this game didn't have too much influence on anything, so we won't talk about it too much. This is the kind of game that you'd have in the Premier League, right, where the... Fulham? Well, you no, wouldn't have that in the Premier League, would you? Brutal. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> that later. Anyway, uh... But you know how you sort of get to the end of the year and it's summer and the teams are having parties? 
you know, like parties at the field because they've they've managed to survive. I reckon for Altona, it's it's that kind of thing. You know, like it's, anyway, maybe a you, maybe you give me a pain right. look, maybe yeah. a poor story. All right, that's all right. Moving on. Anyway, Schroen <laughs> uh, converted from the spot to give South the lead in the first half. Constantinides netted his side second goal very late on to secure the win. Jerry Salados set that up quite nicely. I like that link-up between Salados and Constantinides. I know Constantinides is pretty hack in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do like those two. When those two are on, it's a good day. Yeah, it is. The problem for South Melbourne is they haven't had many of those good days. No. Uh, well, no, but it's like they could, though. Like, uh, it just it frustrates me. Anyway, well, go on. Keep going. So, overall, so, well, coming back to this game, so, South Melbourne... I mean, they deserve the win, no doubt. The Magic only had a single shot on target for the entire game. It's pretty hard to win a game when you do that, in particularly mm. when the other team scores twice. Uh, <laughs> you know, so if you have or to... own goals, own goals, yeah. and the other team not scoring twice. Yeah, it does make it tricky. Uh, overall, though, not really a surprising result. I would have thought that South Melbourne are a little bit better than Altona. Uh, disappointing for the Magic though but I mean they've still had a strong season their first year back in the NPL after I think it was five years I've just said that and realised I don't know if that's accurate Shit. I think it's a little bit more five than years, that five years everyone five years on Twitter if it's not that <laughs> at Branson Gibson don't at Semi Pro Potty because I get notifications for that just at Branson Gibson damn it I think it's five or six so I'm still going to laugh if it's nine uh, I can't remember <laughs> if it's 2014 or 2011 anyway, anyway moving, keep going yeah moving on uh, South though could have pushed for finals just too inconsistent yeah. same, same thing with the Knights the biggest problem for South, I don't think they're too far away, but they absolutely—they really—they are desperate for someone who can just bloody put the bloody ball in the back of the net. Marafiotti is their leading scorer so far. He scored six. <laughs> yeah, I was about—I knew it was under ten and quite under ten. But yeah, yeah, like six, and that's their leading goal scorer. They got a couple of other players who scored four and five. They're the lowest lowest scoring team in the league including those teams in in relegation yeah. battles. So, like, I mean, it's. When you sort of think about it then, to be sitting 7th and be the lowest scoring team in the league is actually not that bad. It's not that but, bad. Well, they're having had those calamitous shipping of goals in them. And I yeah, think what they've well, done yeah, is they've yeah, had yeah. those games where they've played well. Yeah, well, I think... And I they've, think, like, got draws. I, I, I think we can put South Melbourne and the Knights into the category of it'll be really interesting to see what they do next yes, year because they're 100%. quite good. They've both got flaws... But, but they've got a good foundation behind well, them. They've got a good setup. You know, big community clubs. They've got all the right recipe. I just think it'll be interesting. Right ingredients. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think it'll be really interesting next year to see what they do to address those flaws and if they can and take it to that next level. The last game that is going on as we speak, Kingston City taking on Dandy City. Huge one. Yeah, we mentioned in, in it before. Terms of the table. Early red card. Um... So, Kingston City, as it stands, are in the automatic relegation spot, correct? Yes, 13th, one point behind the Thunder. Yeah. And as things stand at the moment, it's going to stay that way. Dandy City, I think it was Santalab, did score. Shantalab. Shantalab, yes. Late in the first half, Dandy City up 1-0 at the break. Warring side for Kingston, just having a look at the halftime stats, they've had uh, one shot, and it wasn't even on target. Yeah, I... Uh, I think uh, Dandy City have been pretty much dominating, but they have got a man advantage. Yep. I would not be surprised if that scoreline blows out because Kingston City, they know they're really up against it here. Yep. It's, it's just going to be hard. I want them to get a, a point out of this one because I think it would be really good for having a little bit of a 
relegation scrap going into last week. Well, and here's the thing as well. Like, Kingston City, they really don't want this to blow out. So their goal difference at the moment is three points better than than Paco and a lot better than than Mm. the Thunder. So if they ship a whole bunch, their goal difference could then be worse than Pasco Vale. If Kingston get a draw and Paco then get a win, they'd be tied on points. Paco could potentially jump them, steal that final... Or, or that relegation, relegation playoff spot. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned it could blow out. They really, really do not want it to do that. Yeah, nice. Um, and so we've got some, obviously, some other scores to go through from around Victorian football before we finish up part one. Um, Branson, WMPL, do you want to chuck us through this one? Yeah, a few games, or well, five games to go through. <laughs> uh, so Southern United suffered a 5-0 defeat to Calder United Bayside, a 3-1 win over Geelong South Melbourne lost 3-1 to Box Hill United. Jesus, big and, result. Yeah, very interesting result in terms of the race for the uh, for the finals. Alamein had a 2-1 win over Yeah, that Alamein Boleyn game was great, actually. Yeah, and Senior NTC lost 8-0 to Heidelberg. That was um, a less great game. <laughs> yes, yes. But like as, as far as those results go, Heidelberg's still in the box seat to finish fourth. Uh, two points ahead of Box Hill and South. They've now jumped ahead of South, I think, into that final yeah. spot. Uh, the race for second is also well that and truly Bulleen on. Alamein um, yeah, tussle yep. there is the really tasty yeah, one at the yeah, moment well, for Bulleen mine. Bulleen are only one point ahead of Alamein. Uh, Southern United as well, our favourite team, have now conceded 191 goals this season. How many more rounds to go? Are they done? Is there uh, one I more? Got, I think there's one. I think there's one. Shit, if they... I've never seen a team ship 200 goals in a season. I don't know what they did last year. And it's year. not, no, it's not ship 200 goals. I think they did something 160 last year. Because I remember when we did our first podcast, we supported them because they had such a bad um, goal difference. I think it was like, hang on, I'm going to guess it. I think it was 165. What? Last year? Well, there, yeah. So there is definitely one round to go. And so as 165. We, as we pull up the ladder, where keep, is keep it? Keep scrolling. Where is it? Why can't I see the ladder for that? Uh, oh, I don't know. This is. We're being let down here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is yeah. uh, very okay. semi-professional of the semi-pro potty. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, it's very semi-professional of the NPL Victoria website. Where oh, we let us don't pull up the w- bad tradesman always blames his tools, Branson. No, I'm just saying, um, w- uh, just give us the bloody table. Is oh, that, that is it? it. That is it. No, Southern United. Oh, no, that is this year. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's us done for part one. What we're going to do is we're going to jump off to part two, where we will... Go through some of the lighter side of football, talk some shit, bit of pub chat, really. Join us in a moment for part two of episode 28 of the Semi Pro Body. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 28 of the Semi-Pro Potty, where we kind of really just take ourselves to the pub, sit back, have a beer, talk about the world of football, the things that we like, things that we didn't like, but we kick it off every week with our segment called That's So Semi-Professional, where we like to look at things that happen in the world of football that probably could have happened in NPL Victoria, or Australia in general, because of its kind of shit mediocreness. Um, so, Bran, kick us off, what have you got? Well, funny you mention that because the <laughs> the two things I have for or oh, I have three two of the three things that I have for this segment actually did feature in in the NPL Victoria this weekend. So the first one I had uh, was the Oakley defending to concede their goal versus Paco just because it was like classic defending 
mishap. You know, like yeah, it was about good. Like, yeah, a, a, a crap past cost. You don't goal. see you don't see Man City doing that. Oh well, you might, but it, it was just sort of like you know when you think of crap goals to concede, vintage crap goal. You go, mm-hmm. yep, just what you want. Defender playing a terrible back pass to the goalkeeper costs his team a goal, and you go, yeah, great, cool, done. Yeah, big areas. That's a semi-professional. What do you have? Mine's really not semi-professional now that I think of it, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I think it's shit. So I can't put it in the what we like section. Yeah. Okay. Because Talk it's me through it. VAR in the Premier League. I think it's been kind of done well and not well in the sense of I like that they're kind of they seem to be giving benefit of the doubt to referees with it. Like, even if it's a clear and... Like, it has to be really clear and obvious. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do this in the A-League? Whereas we went through, like, two seasons of, like, everything being a little bit weird. Um, But I just... I do think it's very semi-professional now where you've got it really deciding games. Like, and it it decided a big game. Well, okay, well, so here you go. I'm going to interrupt you and go, what would you rather? Would you rather that the VAR mm. decide the outcome of a big game in the way that it did for the Tottenham-Manchester City game. I think that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, yeah. So would you rather VAR decides that or a terrible refereeing mistake decides it? So I think it's kind of... It's weird. I think VAR's made us a little bit more empathetic towards referees because we kind of now, like, see all the videos that they get. And we're like, oh, it's a little bit hard. It's a little bit dicey when we discuss them. But for mine, I... You know, I'm a pretty sort of tech driven guy yeah so i find it a lot harder to hate a robot than a person yeah so i I think in that scale i probably would prefer var because i like i can't hate a robot yeah um but but at the same time it's one of the things that we loved about football was like hating referees like i remember when matthew breeze was in the a league and every time he had a melbourne victory adelaide united game we'd be like oh fuck this it's gonna be terrible yeah Whereas now we can't be like, oh, VAR is going to be at the game. Bah, fuck this. Like, it's not It's not the same. I kind of liked hating Matthew Breeze. Yeah, well, a couple of things that I think about this as well. I think the Premier League's done a really good job in terms of delaying Yes. This. Also, it doesn't have to go upstairs all the... Like, they don't have to stop play. Like, the referee can yeah. be spoken to while play is unfolding. Which, which I think they should do more fuck, often. I, I, don't get, I don't get why the actual referee needs to make a decision. Like, I don't get why someone can't just get uh, in his ear and go hey, look, we've had a look at this. It's actually a handball. You don't need to come yeah. over and have a look at it. We're referees too. We've made this decision. Like, I think it should be more of a collaboration rather than like... Because you saw it in the World Cup where the referee has Would to go stop over and then yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. There might still be a place for that, but I think for a lot of it, that it could just be someone gets in his ear and say, hey, look, the other thing that I think the Premier League has done well is they've let other leagues trial it so like you know the Bundesliga league uh, the A-League surely maybe definitely the A-League the most important league in the continental Australia I think we we were the first league to have the VAR we were but I mean that's like you know was that good in hindsight we've not not really shown it off well fucked up a grand final like twice twice yeah you know like but I just think it's sort of well done by them to sort of like try to make sure that it's set up as well as it possibly could be before they introduce yeah. it. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, the, v- the Premier League's also done a lot of other things better than most leagues, so we probably shouldn't have been surprised when they kind of got VAR right. Mm. Um, but I still think it's like a bit semi-professional that, like, you know, that whole scenario at Man City happened. I'm happy for it, but, you know, pretty funny. Um, Brian, you got another NPL Victoria one. Yes. Pierce Clark is in your sights this week. Oh, he, he is, because he went for a bit of a run on, uh, on on the weekend 
the Dandenong Thunder Keeper when they were taking on Green Gully. Uh, there was a ball to the box. He came out to claim it. Uh, sorry, there was a ball near the box. He ran, I think, about 10 metres outside the box, came out to get it, uh, had no chance, wasn't going to get there. Oh, sorry, pardon me. The Green Gully player got there first, and then he sort of slid in for a challenge. The Gully player touched the ball around him, and he just handballs it. He just saves it. Like, he just sticks his arm out and hits So it. good. And he just sort of hits his arm, and it's like, what are you kind of doing? So, he, like, he might have panicked, where he's gone, well, I'm already out of my box. There's an empty net. If he gets around me, he's scoring. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just sort of runs out and then just uses his arm 20 metres outside of the... Uh, of the penalty area, but the thing that I did like about this was he got up and he just started walking off. Like he got up, yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, there's no argument. There's no like, oh no, he like he kicked it into my hand. I mean, yeah, and he's like, yeah, no, like yeah. he's got up. He's got yeah. I've, I've run out of my box. I've handballed it. It was a hundred percent deliberate, and now I'm walking. He's like, he took his gloves off, took his hat. Goalkeeper's wearing hats. Uh, and he was like, yep, see you later, I'm off. And the referee's like, man, I can't even show the red card to your face. You already know what's coming. So no. I thought that was uh, quite semi-professional. I want the weather to get better so that we have more goalkeepers wearing hats. That was always my favourite bit of the, the podcast. Um, I've got another one. Victory's away kit. They announced it just before. Ooh. And they're persisting with this whole V on the jersey kit thing. Yeah. And it's just a nightmare for sponsorships. And so my biggest criticism of the kit is that the Metricon logo is, like, midway down the jersey. Yeah. It's not in the top third. Like, essentially, your kit's in thirds, yeah. in my mind. Yep. And you've got all your junk in the top third, and the rest of it's allowed to be a kit. Mm-hmm. And they've just got this sponsor, like, around the belly button, and it looks odd. Well, like you said, it's weird because of that V. So it's yeah. sort of like you can't really put a sponsor in it. You don't want it to sort of be half in, half out. But the other thing I don't really like about the Victory Kit, it's blue, dark blue, grey, the and then and like yeah, then a white blah. V, and then grey for most of it. And you just like it just, it just doesn't look good. I just don't. I'm like, I like the neckline. I mean, it's very basic, but I, I'm not a big fan of grey on kits, you know? Like, I'm just sort of looking at them going, ugh, that's a bit yuck, really. Yeah, grey never looks good on kits. I remember Liverpool had a weird one that had, like, a tessellating fish scale pattern on it yeah, sort of thing. Uh, just... Look a bit trash. Done with it. Um, There wasn't something semi-professional that I was going to bring up. Ah, yeah, semi-professional. Joffrey Archer. Joffrey Archer? Yeah. Yeah. In the Joffrey, Joffrey Archer. I mean, fucking as popular as Joffrey was. Yeah. Um, have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. Okay, cool. All over it. We'll get to that segment later on. Um, <laughs> um, I. It's an interesting one. I wanted to discuss this a little bit because I think the biggest problem that I have with is the reaction to the delivery. So, I mean, yeah, there's a football podcast. We're talking about cricket, but bear with us. Bowls, absolute... Brilliant day of bowling from him. No one's been able to bowl at the Aussies this tour, and he's bowling, you know, like, Brett Lee fast bangers for 25 overs, which was just exciting. But catches Steve Smith, and it shows no remorse. And I, I think it's, like, it's, it's a pretty dangerous thing to happen, and even if, you know, I don't think there's any intent behind it, but even if there's not intent, you just show interest in another human being's well-being, and he just doesn't. And I'm like, ah, it's a bit, bit semi-professional. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit... <sighs> Because, like, I get it, like, you want to beat Australia and you want to get under their skin and... Yeah, but it's just sort of like, you know, like, it's just kind of unfortunate. It's just like, I don't know, like, uh, I uh, I can see both sides to it. Yeah, me but, too, but, but I just like, feel like it's, it's a it's, bitch cheat. But it's like, you know, it's professional sport, you know, 
bounces, getting hit, you know, in, in terms of cricket, it, 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 like it, it's part of the game. So, like, it's it's obviously you don't necessarily want to, you don't want to see yeah, it. And, I think and, people, and the Phil Hughes said, like, it's 100% scary stuff. Like, it yeah. definitely, definitely is. I feel like the media but, cottoned on to the whole, like, uh, Steve Smith getting booed by fans going back out. I'm like, for that, I don't really care. That's fans. Yeah. Okay. Now, I wouldn't expect good behavior from fans. I've been to way too many football games and other sports games in my time to not expect good behavior from fans. But from a professional sportsman out there, and like credit to the rest of the England team, they pretty much like all jumped in to see if he was okay. And it was just, a, I thought it was a little bit cheap. Didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. I, oh, well. I just don't know how much you can demand from him. In, in, yeah. In, in I mean, I'm not demanding. But... Like, I feel like I'm not demanding. It's like, you know, if someone is injured as of the result of my actions, my immediate reaction is to check on them. Yeah. You know, show a little bit of remorse, not sort yeah. of trot up the other end and giggle. Anyway, if we want to trot up the other end and giggle, jump onto the Will Picks on Brand section of the podcast. Fast becoming my favourite. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who've never listened to the podcast, I don't know why the hell you started listening now, but welcome and thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at SemiProPoddy. Um... Branson's in, like, no movies. He, he's just, like, I don't know if he just didn't live near a cinema or just had no interest in them or had an event and has amnesia and forgot all the movies that he saw. He may have seen could hundreds, have. but he doesn't know. Yeah, could have. So what I like to do is um, I like to beat his confidence down by listing two movies that he may or may not have seen. And if he hasn't seen two. them... Yeah. And then... But don't worry about it. Yep. Two movies. And then he has to... If he's not seen it, he has to tell me what that movie's about. March yeah. to the Entertainment well, what, of all of us. What I think that movie's about. Yeah. yeah. So you've had GoldenEye before, and your yeah. response was hilarious for that. And then you had 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. And that was quite good. I would have watched your version of 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. I said, told, told a lot of friends at work, and they were like, it's actually a good film. Yeah. But this week, I'm going to kick off with one. It's a bit of a banger. Yeah. Crimson Tide. Yeah, I've seen it. Love it, mate. Love it. Absolutely love it. I love a submarine movie. Right. Like, that's right in my wheelhouse. Crimson Tide, absolutely seen Is it. that what you 100%. call it in a submarine, a wheelhouse? Uh, Probably not. No. Uh, no, that's the con. Yeah, the con. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's in Brand's wheelhouse of things What's I your like favourite bit in Crimson Tide? Uh, oh, favourite bit. I don't know. Probably maybe right at the start when the crew's about to, like, board, Go on. Yeah. Yeah, board the USS Alabama. <laughs> and the captain's there and he's got like his first officer or whatever and he's yelling all this stuff and you're just there and you're like, yeah, let's go get on the submarine. You know, Would you go on a submarine? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yep. Fuck. For sure. For sure. So yeah, Crimson Time. Is that so it. you save money on a funeral? Because essentially you're dead the second you go in there. No, you're not. No. No, no, not with Denzel Washington, mate. He's saved the day. I don't, not to concern you, I think he's a great actor. I don't think he's a great submariner. We, we could be. He wasn't. Could actually, design, yeah. I think it's a really hard hobby to get into because submarines are pretty expensive. Uh, yes. You anyway, you passed like... Crimson Tide. Yeah, well done. seen it. Now. First one. Next one. Yeah. And I'm kind of sticking on a similar sort of yeah. action genre here. Okay. Fast and the Furious. Which one? So I'm going to go the original, but I wanted to put Too Fast, Too <laughs> Furious in there. Uh, I have seen them. 
Oh, I haven't. Okay, so I haven't seen like the last seven. No, I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say probably the last two or three. Like the ones I think you've that, actually seen more than me. Then I think I I've piked say, out at two. Well, I think like the ones Tokyo that, Drift was you know, when, terrible. When the rock starts featuring, yeah, in, no, like, those, that. those ones I haven't seen, but uh, I have seen the uh, the earlier ones, and the main reason. I've seen them is because they were on Netflix and I was working from home and I was like, oh yeah, I need something to watch while I work from home. I just sort of, you know, like Mm -hmm. have in the background and The Fast and the Furious was on Netflix and I think it has like the first six or seven. So I was like, yeah, that'll work. Seven movies. So I have, have seen them. Interesting. Okay. Look at that. Well, this is this segment's got a lot more boring when Brian's seen the movies. Look at that. So what I've done is I've actually kind of picked the movies because I, I really don't think you're going to get Random Flag. So Random right, Flag's okay. the other bit. So I wanted to build up your confidence because I don't think you're going to get this one. <laughs> so the other part of this podcast that I really like is Branson really rates himself on flags. So what I will say is I will say the country and yeah. you have to say the flag. Yeah. Close your eyes. Oh, close your eyes. Okay. So the the country is Kiribati. And it's, it's a piece of cake, mate. Really? Yes, it's a piece of cake. So it's red at the top. It's got a, a sun and a bird, a gold sun and a bird, and then like blue and white waves. That is pretty good. It's, it's a good flag. It is a good flag. So see, that's the thing. When you said it's going to be hard, Kiribati is a very random, obscure country. Mm. But as far as flags go, it's a quite unique and quite outstanding flag. So in terms of in terms of that respect, it. it it's quite easy because of its extreme uniqueness. So if I had picked a really boring middle-of-the-road country, you would have got it. Well, yeah, well, the, the tough ones are sort of like boring countries or countries that you haven't necessarily heard of that have unexciting flags. That's, okay, that's... so I need to go for boring flags of boring countries. Yeah, you sort of need to find... Well, well, countries that you're not super likely to have heard of and doesn't have a flag that would necessarily stand out. Yeah, okay. That's that's when you start getting into the uh, into the tricky territory there. My other thing, I think my next plan of attack for this segment as well is to pick flags that are incredibly similar. Like, you yeah. know how you get ones yep. that are like yeah, four sure. colours in four bars yep. and in different orders. That's yep. confusing. That's hard to remember. Yeah, well, there aren't many. I think there's only more. There aren't many that have four bars, mate, but... Ooh! There are. I think there's only one. Random flag. I think it's Mauritius. Fuck, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, you're right. It's Mauritius. What are the colours of Mauritius? Uh, red, yellow, green, and blue. Oh my god! I just realised Branson's got a flag chart in his yeah, room, so I he's been cheating say. the entire I'll, goddamn I'll get out time. Of ten, I have not. You absolutely have. Anyway, back on topic. Um, what we liked, Brand? What did you like this week? Uh, what did I like? Uh, a bunch of stuff. So the first thing I liked was something that you tagged me in on Twitter. So hopefully you could. Uh, shed a little bit more light on this one as well. I tagged you in it because we keep forgetting things that we see throughout the week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just tagging you and shit. Yeah, tag and send. That's what I try to do. I take screenshots as well, whatever it takes. But it was uh, a club that has a pickle as its mascot. I can't remember what the club was, but it's just a giant pickle. He's wearing a hat and he's wearing a kit and he's having an absolutely great time. Can you bring it up on your feed? Because I obviously don't have a notification for shit that I tag you in. Um, while we're doing that, I'm going to jump onto my one. What I liked this week was 100% football in Victoria. So, you guys know that I moved to Melbourne two years ago, almost to the day. Genuinely, about in a week's time, it will be to the day. Um, and 
The football that we are, have on offer here is amazing. So we had that Heidelberg-Avondale game on the weekend. That was beautiful. That was so good. And then on the Sunday, there was the um, St. Albans game where they were 2-0 down with about three minutes to go and came back to win 3-2. And that was just an outstanding game of football. Um, the quality of football on show across Victoria still kind of baffles me. Um you know, if you look at a national second, everyone's talking about a national second division. Yeah. I'm like, you could get a national second division solely populated from Victorian clubs, and I think it would be a good division. So, like, I'm I'm just absolutely over the moon with Victorian football this week. I thought it absolutely delivered on one of its probably bigger weeks. We've got a bigger week next week, and then, you know, a couple more others after that. But, yeah. Well, very good thing to like. Very good thing to like. Whilst mm-hmm. you were talking about that, I have found more information about the giant pickle. Uh, turns out it's not necessarily a pickle, it's a cucumber. I mean, uh, pickles are cucumbers. You're a vegan, you should know this. Yes, yes, but, you know, it's a cucumber. It's a pre-pickled pickle. <laughs> I don't know, we're getting really weird. So it's a giant cucumber uh, for the La Liga side CD Legans. Yep. So no idea who they are or what division they are. Uh, his name is Super Pepino. And oh, he, that's great. Super Pepino. Shit, that's what I want to call my dog. Super Pepino, and he's a giant seven-foot-tall cucumber, and Legans like to call him the Cucumber Knight. Amazing. And if you haven't seen him, it's kind of like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but in, like, cucumber form, mm. which is probably, like... I don't know, a weird, a, a weird way of describing Now playing a video of the cucumber, which I didn't realise was going to happen, and the sound it's was just on. just walking down the but hallway. Yeah, it's got a bit of a gut for a cucumber. Yeah, he's also got, like, a bandana to, of course, hide his uh, hide his identity. But, That's really creepy. Yeah, um, but quite, I quite like that. Yep, Bran, you had another one that no yep. one really cares about. Yes, well, you like to hang shit on Fulham, and you did a little bit earlier. The thing that I would like to point out was that Fulham had not only a fantastic 2-1 win over Huddersfield on the weekend, bloody hell, Mitrovic scored, Cavello scored, we're just the Mitrovic best. was a little bitch on the weekend, yeah, we're, by the way. We're just the best. See, I knew you were going to say that. The ref, the EFL has decided not to sanction him because there was contact. Yeah, but there's also no rule on ah, being a twat. No, he's it's not. not that it was he's, illegal, it's just being a most, twat. He is so good. Anyway, go on. Carry so, on, Fulham had the most completed passes in week three of the championship with 595 completed passes. Very impressive. That is extremely impressive. You have not given that enough appreciation. Not even slightly, because completed passes is not a fucking, like, you don't get goals for that. Yeah, you do. Um, I remember there was a we great one two. in the A-League ages ago, and it was, like, so I think completed passes is a stupid statistic, because it just no. doesn't mean anything. No, it means lots. It means absolutely nothing. And there was one in the A-League, I think it was an Adelaide United game on, like, a Sunday afternoon, and you know they were scraping the bottom of the barrel of stats when they had attempted passes as a mm. metric. And I was like, oh, guys, like, even, like, I have the lowest value on completed passes as a metric. Attempted passes Attempted is passes is just like, like, surely, as a footballer, you should be aiming for your completed passes to be the same number of your attempted passes. Yeah, but, like, attempted, like, what does that <laughs> even mean, you know? Like, far out. Um, Another one that I saw, A-League memes posted it. It was a game being played between arse and breast. That was great. Yeah, great. Just brilliant. Like, for sheer footballing in, in, smart. In the league, in what is it, league? Uh, league, uh, Uber Eats League Earn, which yep. we kind of didn't eventuate to be what we wanted it to be. I no, thought there was going to be Uber Eats delivery drivers delivering no. balls, and it's just not really come out. No, I haven't seen the branding there. Um, well. Maybe the legs. 
Um, wow. the last one I had, writing. last one I had was um the back to the sort of VAR drama. Um, I really like someone posted the video of I think it was during the uh Copper America recently. Yep. Gabriel Jesus got sent off or something, and on his way out, he punches the VAR booth. Yep, and knocks it over and then someone was just like VAR gets its revenge and I'm like yeah brilliant like it's just perfect I love, <laughs> I love that someone saw that happen and went oh my god if Gabriel Jesus ever gets a goal disallowed from VAR I'm posting this video <laughs> and it happened it was brilliant yeah it's very unfortunate in terms of uh, his circumstance right there was Bran yes and no yeah I got a couple of a couple of ones so he sort of hinted at it before but the new handball rule yes or no so we saw it in the Tottenham Manchester City game, and pretty much so. I've got the actual bylaw here. Can you please? Because it's it's very interesting. Yeah, well, I just want to, interested to get your take. A bit more of an in depth footballing uh, discussion here. Uh, so the rule now is a player who gains possession slash control of the ball after it has touched their hand slash arm and then creates a goal-scoring opportunity, is guilty of a handball offence. Yep. So, it's an interesting one, because it sort of seems to take the ambiguity out of it, where it's like, look, you know, the, the, the rules say that you can't... You can't if use... someone benefits from it a touching the arm, well, it's, it's like, essentially... Yeah, yeah it's, it like, it's, it's like, you know, the rule is that the ball cannot hit your arm. If it hits your arm, doesn't matter if it was intentional, unintentional, no matter what. So, when you put it in a silo... So when you put that in a silo, that makes sense. But there's a really interesting like nuance to the whole handball scenario. So that one is very much like if you gain possession or control of the ball after it's touched the hand mm-hmm. or the arm. Yeah. Now, there's another sort of line to that that I think makes it really interesting, which is players should be allowed to have their arms by their side because it's their natural silhouette. Yeah. And they've used this term natural silhouette. And I think they've used it and not figured out what it means because for mine natural silhouette if you're running is for your arms to be moving by your side you know yeah, that's or, or that's the natural position yeah, yeah if you're jumping for something then yeah your arms are probably going to be out by your side or something like yeah it's kind of how you jump so it's just such a weird one look for mine i don't like a lot of the rules i think the rules have persisted and var has been brought in and we've realized that the var doesn't really marry to the rules that we've had for a long time Mm. and for like i mean even going back to like the champions league final obviously i'm not complaining but that's a like his arm is in an unnatural position in the penalty area and it's kind of like i actually think Mane is like he's obviously probably like punted into him because that's what you'd probably do but it's it's just one of those ones where it's so am ambiguous i just think a ball grazing an arm in the build-up play to a very valid goal do you think that should be a free kick no no like i think i think let it play yeah but i think if you're gonna do that i don't want it to let it play for that one scenario you have to let it play across every single league across every Mm -hmm. game in the world like if we look at some of the World Cup games that we went to as well, you know, like we got a goal, uh, we got a penalty in the France game because what what's his face? It? You get punched it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a, that's definitely a handball. His arm was but this above is like you're jumping and it's like you've you've just been a bit shit at jumping at the ball and well, it's well, grazed your arm. I think this one as well was like the the Man City play was like in a tassel with a Tottenham player. Like yeah, were, it's like, not were, easy going for a corner well, in the Premier League. It's like, like the most were, physically demanding. Well, league. they were battling. For the ball, so it's sort of like a little yeah. bit obscure there. Anyway. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Do you think it's like it's it's oh. cleared up a little bit of confusion, or do you think it's still a little bit 
no, up I, in the air. I, I think it's good where you, you sort of try to make it more black and white, where it's yeah. it's less, you know, was it intentional, was it accidental, and it's more just, did it hit his arm, yes or no? Yeah, okay. Kind of thing. So, like, in terms yeah, but I mean, football's like, just so not a binary sport. No but, no, but it's sort of like the offside rule, where it's like, you know, you're either off or you're on, it either hit his arm or it didn't hit their arm, you know, like, sort of... So I think in terms of that, it's probably good. But then, like, you see that and you look at it and you go, oh, did that goal deserve to be cancelled out for that? I don't know. I mean, 100% it did because, I like, even I as a Liverpool supporter, I don't want Man City to just run away with the league every season. If I'd be happy for Man City to not lose it and, like, Tottenham to win it. Mm. Like, you know, I'm not saying it from a selfish point of view. It's like, I just genuinely think it makes a more interesting league if Man City don't just win every game that I think we're all feeling they're capable of. Yeah. Because it just kind of makes the league a bit boring. Yeah. Not that you care, because championship. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I that's us done. I just find it ironic that a Liverpool fan's talking about, oh, the league's so, but nah, get out of town. Anyway. No, the league would be great to win, but like, by the same token, I get to watch 38 games of it, and you don't. It's brilliant. No, I get to watch, uh... How many games? Yeah, games. 46 games. Yeah. 46 games of far more thrilling action. Yeah, it is pretty good. But you Galaxo don't actually get to watch 46 Wars. games because of the coverage, which is a bit no, sad. No, you get Fulham, Fulham TV. They show all the, all the oh, games. Mate, live. who wants to watch Fulham TV? All the Fulham fans. Shit, that is content bedrock. No. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've also hit content bedrock on this podcast, so join us back in a minute where we will jump into part three, preview the final round of the... W- what? The, I was about to say the week. Oh, the season. The season. Woo! The ruddy season. Um, join us back in a moment and we will preview your game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three. We are going to take you through the games. Before we do, uh, Kingston City have not scored yet. They are still down a man. They are also now down an extra goal. Dandenong City are 2-0 to the good. They're looking pretty good as well. They're just kind of knocking the ball about into the pockets of space that Kingston, with the man down advantage, have. uh, Disadvantages that they have. Um, And it's really probably just going to keep going on from here. This thing is about 15 minutes to go, so we probably won't get to the end of the game in this podcast, but... A, a Kingston City comeback looks unlikely. Having said that, though, there have been many unlikely results occur this year, so crazy things have happened. But crazy things have happened. I mean, just St. Albans on the weekend. They were 2-0 down with eight minutes to go, pretty much, including extra time. So they, they pulled it back. That was amazing. Um, but this weekend, we've got it. The thing I've been looking forward to the most is... All games kicking off at the same time. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, 3pm, across Victoria. Um, I'm pretty sure nowhere in Victoria is in a different time zone, because if it was, that would be ridiculous. Um, So, 3pm. I'm not going to bother reading out the time zones across the world. Um, It will be uh, around about 9 o'clock in the morning in Russia. Just so you know. Great. If you're in Russia and you want to watch some breakfast football. Excellent. Final day will be kicking off. You would. And by Russia, I mean Moscow. It's a massive country, spans a lot of time zones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, you've got to pick a better country <laughs> yeah. to yeah. use it as an example rather than Russia, which has literally like eight six. time yes. zones. Yeah. Um, uh, add us on Twitter if we got the number of time zones wrong yeah, for fine. Russia. We need to stop mentioning stats that we don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, Hume City versus Kingston City. Very interesting one because Hume City will be playing for a home final. Kingston City will be fighting for that automatic relegation, not automatic relegation battle, which it looks like at this stage, it will be quite... They'll need to get a win. It, it, it looks like they'll be one point behind the Thunder. Mm-hmm. 
so with a less bad goal difference we mentioned yes, it before yes Danny Thunder's goal difference is absolutely terrible so <laughs> a point a point for Kingston should put them ahead of the Thunder yes should. if if obviously um Dandy Thunder lose yes if, if Danny Thunder did not yeah. gain a point and then but then when it would be interesting is if Kingston City draw and Packer get a win. Oh, I don't know. There's many, so many, many Hume, situations to play Hume out here. City, on the same token, if they win, I think that puts them in a home final spot. Well, depend, yeah, depending on other results around yeah. it, but you know, a win would would see them challenge for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, the next game, Branson? Uh, Dandy Thunder taking on the Melbourne Knights. As we said, the Thunder will need at least... They need to no. They need to do what Kingston do, but their goal difference is shot. So they they, they would really need a, a result. If here. Kingston lose and Dandy Thunder lose, then it is Kingston City going out automatically. Essentially, it's Dandy Thunder need to do what they can, and then Kingston just need to not do worse than that. Dandy Thunder just need to hope it doesn't come down to goal difference. But also, yeah. also they're one point ahead, so if they win, they're safe. Yes, and, exactly. And then nothing else matters. But also, if they draw and Kingston draw, then yes. they're safe. Yeah. Um, the next game is Port Melbourne versus Dandy City. Absolutely meaningless. Yep, this one, um, yep. Mainly because of the table, but also because it's away, which means no more Dandy City pork rolls. Mm. Very heartbreaking. Yes, yeah, sad for you, yes. Uh, the next game, Bentley Greens taking on Avondale. What? Why did you jump again? What game did I jump? I oh, will go back. Bentley Greens taking... They're all at the same time. Doesn't matter. Bentley Greens taking on Avondale. Huge, huge match. Potential title decider. Avondale, of course, will need will need a win and will then need to hope that Heidelberg don't get a win, that they drop points yes. against South Melbourne. We, Heidelberg need to drop points if there is any chance of... Avondale. It is out of their control. Yes, absolutely. And it's so out like, of Avondale's control, yeah, very much in Heidelberg's yeah, control. It's Avondale's own fault for that, you know, but they'll be hoping for a win and then hoping for a positive result somewhere else. Yep. Uh, the game I accidentally skipped over. Yeah, Oakley versus Green Gully. Cracking game of some informed Ooh, teams. Absolutely. Like yeah. this could this could genuinely be a I don't know. It's it's one of those ones where I think it's kind of like a finals game now. Yeah, it is. It where is. like 100%. they're two informed teams that want to keep being informed, so they're just going to play it as if it's a finals. It's yeah. really really interesting. I'm well, really looking forward to it. Well, it'll be interesting as well because there's a potential home final, a, a top four spot, and a home and a home final on the line. Yeah. But at the end of the day, does that mean a lot? I mean, we'll see. Like, do they rest players? You know, Oakley. No, you wouldn't well, rest shit. Well, Oakley have been on a tearing run, and of course they had to play in the catch-up round, so yeah, now would they just sort of think and maybe It's go... easier to play when you're, like, 15 games unbeaten, though. Like, yeah, momentum's like, a good thing. I just think it'll be interesting. Like, this could be a cracker game, or they could just go, eh, we don't really mind. Now, the other potential cracker game, well, it's a definite cracker game, because it will be where we see the title go, um, yep. either way. So we have got South Melbourne hosting Heidelberg yep. at the lakeside. Huge game. I think we probably have to go to that one. I mean, it's an interesting one where I know you'll be at Avondale's game, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, well, well, I, yeah. Think, I think I might jump off to South Melbourne. So if anyone wants to come and sit with me, that would be great. Because I'm going to be lonely. Well, I think the Avondale team manager got a red card on the weekend. So that could mean that Bran is... Uh, is team is, managing in the yeah, potential league yeah, winning game. Yeah, potentially. So they're I'll not going to win the league now. Uh, probably not. I'll be yeah. on the bench for that one, though. Um, you were quite jealous of that, by the way, weren't you? Because you've always dreamed oh, of getting yeah. getting a sent off yeah. from the 
the yeah, coach's dugout. Yeah, getting shown a card just because, like, you know, we didn't play. So it's like, I just like, I oh, imagine what it would be like to actually get a yellow card or a red card. You what know? would you so, say to the referee? Would you be like, you're embarrassing your family, sir? Or would you be like, no fair play? Um, no, I'd have a... I like how that's my two realms of, like, picking on a referee is you're embarrassing your family or well played. No, I'd, <laughs> no I'd, I'd, I'd have a red hot crack. But also oh, I would then go in a afterwards and apologise oh, and profusely. say no 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 not profusely and say hey mate just so you know I only said that because it's my lifelong dream to get a red card and I just said oh. as many, <laughs> I just, can you sign this red card for me <laughs> well, I, just, I just tried to include as many trigger words in that in, in that rant as possible and some of those trigger words may have hurt you personally uh, yes and they may have also involved the um, referee's mother so yeah what's going to hurt me personally yeah. is Altona Magic versus Pasco Vale <laughs> that's a bit brutal <laughs> because Pasco are done. Well, they're not. Mathematically, they're not. Mathematically, they're not. But so if, Pasco are done. Well, well, but here's the thing. So if they beat the Magic, and, if they beat the Magic and Kingston lose to... What have you done, mate? You've just gone away from the league table. Yeah, but I want to see the fixtures. So anyway, coming back to it. Mate, so we pa- literally ma- mentioned it two minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, so if, if you look at it, Paco have the easiest game, or sorry, the most winnable game in, in terms of the Magic. They based don't, on because position. it's Pasco Vale. But, you know, so if Kingston lose to Hume, which you would think is quite likely, and if the Thunder lose to the Knights, which you also would say is likely, and, our, and Paco beat Altona, then they're safe. Yeah, I just, like, I mean, Paco could have won games months ago. Well, yes, but it's still... And they would have been safe, but they're not. And I just, like, I don't I don't remember when they got their last win. Was it that really weird, like, upset win that we were just... Was it, like, South Melbourne or something? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I did, like, as far as I'm not, Paco are done. You reckon? Well, I mean, that game still does mean something. Cause... 18 points. Yeah. So a win takes them to 21, and their goal difference... It's actually not that bad. Yeah, exactly. How is that goal difference? Oh, I guess I was scoring goals early in the season. Yeah, well, Kingston City as well have just scored, so they're now down 2-1. But, but, but if Paco win and Kingston lose, then Paco's goal difference will jump them, you would think. so. Yeah, interesting. I mean, You're actually right. Maybe it's not as a dead rubber as I think it is. Yeah, so the big thing that I think is going to be great about this last round is that every game except for one, the Port Melbourne Dandy City game, means something yes. in terms of the table. So we, yeah. when it comes down to bumper seasons we've had a bumper year and every game mean all but one of the games mean something in the last round of the year should i be an absolute prick and go to the port melbourne dandy city game Yeah, great. <laughs> great. just pick the actual meaningless game on the last last guy last day of the season yeah love it um now matt to the round predictions mate uh can we one, say I, all of them can well, we like say all of them uh, including Port Melbourne, I, Dandy City. I, I think South Melbourne, Heidelberg is is, yeah. is is the obvious one, just because it'll be interesting to see how hard South Melbourne come out to to try to spoil the party. And then, of course, the relegation battle will be interesting to see how desperate those teams are. So, I mean, I'm going to join with you and you know say how in all like, of them. You know how in the Scottish Premier League, I used to always remember this one, where they have the helicopter flying around with the league cup in it, and they would decide where the helicopter's going? Yeah. Do you think I just do that with an Uber in the NPL? Well, Uber's potentially more expensive than the helicopter. Oh, wow. Have you ever, like, used both modes of transport? Well, the well, the Uber's potentially going from Lakeside to Bentley. And then back Branson, again. Branson, you're... I mean, it's not Uber pool. 
So you're saying you'd Uber pool the NPL Victoria Trophy? I'm saying you have to, because, like, so, like, what? Brads, it's what? a fucking helicopter. No, so imagine the Bentley... There's Avenue. an airport near Bentley, isn't there? Absolutely no idea. Oh, God, okay. No, I'm pretty sure there is. Oh, Cheltenham Airport, maybe? No, I don't know. No, no. Um, uh, I can't so, believe you think an Uber is, like, on par with the cost of a helicopter. Well, no, so here's what I'm saying. So the Bentley-Avondale game last year, right, the semi-final, <laughs> Bentley were up 3-1 with... Eight minutes to go in extra time. So at that stage, you're going, shit, get the Uber, get him out to bloody Bentley. Yes, like, like that's we what need I mean. To. Yeah. Like, you know, he's saying, like, get the Uber there. And you go, fuck, $60 with a 2% search. Fuck, get him out of there. We don't care. Oh. And then Avondale score three goals in seven minutes. But that's like, what I love. Shit, send him back. I loved watching the Scottish Premier League when, like, the helicopter was going to Rangers. And yeah. then it, like... Celtic won, or I think Rangers conceded, and then the, you see the helicopter do a U-turn. Well, yeah, That's exactly. what I want to see. I want to see the live feed of the Uber driver doing a U-turn well, to then change his well, that's location. That's what I'm saying. Uber, though, if he has to drive from the middle of Melbourne to Bentley, you know, it could be expensive. Helicopter, journey, eight minutes. Fucking expensive, though. Avgas. Like, no. a- aviation gas, way more expensive oh, than unleaded. Just get someone. Craig Foster, has he got a helicopter? <laughs> Mark Bosnich, someone. Surely. I feel Mark- like Bosnich definitely has at least a share in a helicopter. Mark Viduka, Harry Kuehl, I don't know. Aaron Moy, how much coin's he on these days? Ladies surely, and gentlemen, do you, know one of them. do you know what's really depressing is what? we're now at an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We're almost going for the length of a football game now. Oh, jeez. That's well, ridiculous. We're going to roll through it. FA Cup's coming up this... FFA the, Cup. Yeah, we're going. In, what did I say? FA Cup. Oh, uh, yeah, put me in the bin. Uh, FFA Cup's coming up this Wednesday, 7.30pm. Edgeworth FC taking on the Newcastle Jets. Marconi Stallions versus Melbourne City. Big one. We've got to watch that, surely. Yes, absolutely. Olympic FC against Adelaide United and the Moreland Zebras against the Magpie <gasps> Crusaders. Great. Maybe we go to the Moreland Zebras game. Uh, br- I'll be working. Brand's working. That's yeah, sad. Yeah, um, I would love indeed. to go to the Moreland Zebras game if anyone wants to join me. Uh, we've also got the WMPL, Calder versus Bulleen. That's a big one as Bulleen try and hold on to that third spot, I think it is. Or second, second spot. Second spot from Alamein. Um, Alamein will be playing Geelong Galaxy away. Very winnable game, that one. Southern United take on Senior NTC in the Battle of the Dwellers. Um, Box Hill United versus Heidelberg. South Melbourne versus Bayside. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a really long podcast. We're getting really long at this. The season's about to be over. You won't have to put up with us for much longer. Well, many things to talk about. Many things to talk about. Many things that we liked. Ladies and gentlemen, I am at Chambershire on Instagram and Twitter. You are at Branson Gibson on That's one it. of them and on at Gibbo36. Take your pick as to which one. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. We love seeing those numbers tick up of people enjoying our podcast. And like fundamentally, if you don't enjoy it, let us know. We also really like that as well. Yep. Um, as we sign off, it is Kingston City are still 2-1 down against Dandy City. Four minutes to go. Um, so keep abreast of those scores. And we will join you in a week's time to close off what has been an absolutely bumper season so far. Looking forward to it, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 28 of the Semi-Pro Potties.